Divide. Such a cool idea um, to have grandfather and granddaughter doing a podcast. I'll have to check it out. Welcome to the 13th episode of the Gen Divide podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott. And I'm your other host, Grace. And we are joined today in our luxurious recording studio by a very special uh, guest. It is uh, Chief of the Bridgeport Police, Steve Stanford. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are y'all? Good. We're doing awesome. We've been looking forward to this. Uh, first question, Steve, have you ever listened to the Gen Divide podcast? I have not. You have not. Do you know anything about it? And that's perfectly fine. I have. I do not. Okay, you're a very busy guy. Um, but you are our third guest, as I awesome. said. This is the 13th episode. And Grace and I started this, and this will also help anyone that may just be jumping in on this episode, but... Uh, Grace and I started this, I guess, a couple months ago, and the whole idea of the podcast was to compare our generations. So to look at a specific topic and kind of talk about what was it like when I was 17 uh, and what is it like now. So, yeah. so far, topics have been school, which is obviously a big one, uh, communication, which brings in social media, cell phones, uh, Steve, did you have a corded phone in your house that had a 40-foot cord on it that could go all over the place if you wanted oh, to? Oh, yeah, no doubt. also had the rotary phone yes. that had like the 6-inch cord. There you go. So you had to stay right next to it. Yeah, that was the one. If you were in trouble, you had to use yeah. that phone probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we, uh, we, and we've had a few other uh, subjects as well. We talk a lot about kind of things going on pop culture-wise. Music-wise, we've done a movie review. Um, the head coach, Alan Green, has been a guest with us. He was on our school episode with us. Awesome. Since he has uh, taught kids Grace's age, and he is pretty close to our age, so kind of could harken back on the uh, Now, that's the basketball champion the head yes. coach. State champion yeah. head coach, Father Dr. Alan Green, yeah. as he demands to be called he's, at all times. He's all right. He's a pretty good dude. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, we wanted to have you on for a few different reasons. Uh, I mean, I guess first and foremost, just to kind of learn a little bit more about you, help our listeners learn a little bit more about you, talk about your career in law enforcement, and then really, um, you know, a big part of this also is just conversation kind of on your generation, and really, like, this is all tied to thinking back when you were high school, after we talk about some of this career stuff. Uh, and kind of talking about how things have changed. Uh, you're a parent, so you've uh, experienced it all with your kids, just as, right. as I am now. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we'll just jump into that a little bit here um, after we talk about some of the career stuff and okay. what you do. So why don't you, uh, like, I guess, kick this off. Tell us, I said you're the chief of police, but tell us a little bit about your career in, in law enforcement. Give us the uh, cliff notes on it. Yeah, you bet. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, we had kind of a crazy night last night. Of course, when you have something planned, always something comes up. And so we had uh, we had quite the extensive uh, investigation and attempted murder last night. Oh, and gosh. So <laughs> I crawled in bed about 5 a.m., got up at 9, and, oh, and here we are. But uh, 
that's the nature of the beast. And uh, but it, it keeps us focused on what's important. That's taking care of people. Uh, but let's talk about my career briefly. Uh, started out. Uh, obviously, I graduated. You know this. I graduated from Chico High School. And uh, back when uh, the dragons were, were something, right? That's right. And I tell my wife, who is a Southlake <laughs> dragon, that the Chico dragons were much more uh, dangerous. And uh, we get a good laugh anyway. <clears throat> my senior year, they Southlake won championship in uh, football, basketball, and baseball. So, anyway, I think they are uh, much more uh, successful than we were. But Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, going on to law enforcement, I wanted to do something to uh, obviously help people, but – I had uh, I had quite the extensive childhood, a lot of uh, alcoholism, drug abuse, uh, all kinds of abuse. Uh, you can just label it whatever you want to, and add the word abuse behind it. I I pretty much experienced it or saw it as a child, and so I wanted to uh, rid the world of those issues. Uh, and and law enforcement was just that. Uh, it was an easy pathway to uh, try to make a difference in your community. Um, and so, uh, as a young man, uh, I went to work at the Wise County Sheriff's Office in the jail, which I would highly recommend anyone looking and getting uh, a career started in law enforcement. The jail is a perfect place, not as a occupant, but as a worker. Okay, yeah. so you, you let me make that clear. But uh, as a worker there at the jail, you learn so much. You learn how to deal with people. Uh, that's the main thing. You learn how to uh, uh, kind of communicate. Uh, with those uh, that are maybe uh, struggling in different areas, maybe committed some crimes or what have you. Uh, and you learned about uh, <clears throat> all of, all situations in life, emotional, uh, emotional wellness, mental health, uh, the criminal behavior. You learn how to deal with that, and you're, you're, baby, you're basically babysitting them for 24 hours a day while you're working. And so that's a great avenue to start. Uh, shortly thereafter, uh, I went to the police academy back in the day where you actually could uh, go to the police academy uh, part-time. And so I would work six, seven days a week over there at the sheriff's office and uh, get off of work. Uh, I would then um, uh, I'd get off at 11 o'clock at night, go home, get up, and be in school from 8 to noon, and then go to work at 3 and uh and so it was quite the schedule there for a while. So that was about nine months long. And then went into, uh, I wanted to, to work in Wise County, and I applied as a 20-year-old uncommissioned police officer. <laughs> I applied to be a police officer here in Bridgeport. And uh, at that point, uh, I had to get my brother to buy my gun for me and my bullets. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to to get a job here and, uh Back then, uh, which is different than now, you're talking about a difference in a generation. We had to buy everything. We had to buy the gun, bullets, buy wow. uniforms. We had to buy the, the the belt. We had to buy our bulletproof vest. Uh, everything that you see an officer wearing back then, we we bought it ourselves. Whereas now, the 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 norm is that all of that stuff is supplied to the officers. And so, which is a great benefit, you know, today. But uh, so anyway, uh, we we went through the uh, uh, FTO process and then uh, became an officer. And 
the kind of the rest is history. I've been real fortunate to move up uh, as quick as I have, and uh, spent all your time in Bridgeport. Is that right? Yeah, all the commission time in Bridgeport. Okay. Yeah, so I just completed twenty three years wow. uh, in May, and uh, I was lucky enough to work for uh, who is now our mayor, Randy Singleton. I worked for him dated every day for uh, thirteen years. Uh, he brought uh, a lot of professionalism uh, <clears throat> to our agency. A lot of accountability, and uh, which I think he, he's basically done that as well as a mayor in, in that capacity. Uh, so, uh, and I, I'm going on five years as the chief this year. Uh, I'll hit my five-year mark, and man, it's it's even changed the last five years. But I think it's changed for the better. Yeah, I'll say. I, I think um, that was going to be my first question for you: is what over the course of you're 22 plus or, or really <clears throat> counting the time with the uh the county i guess 24 almost 25 yeah. right yeah it's 24 um, yeah what's changed the most i guess in in local law enforcement and that may be too broad of a question well i think the first thing that comes to mind is is just professionalism i think uh you go back 23 24 years ago um we we didn't have the level of professionalism that we do now, uh, and I'm speaking as a, in a general statement there. Uh, and, and I think Texas law enforcement does the absolute best in the nation. A lot of a lot of states look at Texas to uh, to copy the way we do law enforcement, um, and uh, we have a lot more requirements now versus back then even. You know, you take in the '70s when uh, when the mayor had started. You know, you could you could actually be a police officer for a year without a certification. I mean, you could carry a gun and enforce the law. <laughs> okay, let me say that again. Okay. You could carry okay. the law. What year was this? This I is mean, this late nineties. Seventy five. Oh, seventy five. Yeah, <laughs> seventy five. When the mayor started, he could carry the a gun. Mayor. Okay. Yeah, he could carry a gun, enforce state laws, and have the right to use deadly force on someone and not be a, a certified police officer. It's the world we were born into. Yeah, Steve. exactly. <laughs> so you take that, and, and so you move forward in the nineties, um, where you didn't have the accountability, you didn't have the professionalism, you didn't have the uh, really. I use this word a lot, and I'll probably use it a lot today. But procedural justice. We though there was not a focus on how someone felt when they dealt with the police. And uh, I'm not trying to be touchy-feely, but I think it's very important how the citizen, they, what they take away from the interaction with the police officer. And so that impacts them, that impacts their kids, it impacts their house, and impacts the community. And so I think there wasn't a focus of that back then. There's much more of a focus now. Uh, professionalism, accountability, uh, professional standards. Uh, are becoming the norm, and I think you'll see that in the next year or two. That'll be a push for Texas to require all agencies to be uh, state-recognized, uh, which Bridgeport PD is. Um, and so, man, that's that's the first thing I think of. I know that's a lot of answer there, but, um, you know, just the, to just the whole totality of the professionalism in law enforcement. Okay, so my question is a little less gen divide, I guess, and it's it's a pretty fun one, I think. Okay. Maybe you get you've gotten this one a lot throughout your career, but do you watch any of the like cop shows? Maybe you don't have the time, but yeah. have you seen any? <laughs> well, they're not on anymore, but yeah. <laughs> 
just like the fun ones like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or yeah. I was researching some in Southland. So do you think they're any good? Or uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the deal. Uh, yeah, I think, first of all, I do. I, I have watched some of those. I, I I loved cops back in the day, especially, you know, like Fort Worth PD was on there all the time. And so you kind of seen the area that you, you, you can relate to. But I think uh, some of those shows kind of give the insight uh, into law enforcement. We're all humans, right? And so just because we wear a badge and, and, and a uniform, we still like to have fun. We still like to crack up mm-hmm. and have, you know, have jokes and have a good time at work. And so some of those shows bring that side into it and and so that yeah i think it's good because people can see we're actually human okay. so and it might have been like even more of a gendivide question than you thought grace because when you yes. said it he was immediately thinking bad boys bad boys what oh you yeah, do? And yeah. i kind of <laughs> told her that when we yeah. were talking about this was i think he's going to just think of cops the reality uh television show oh yeah youth. yeah <laughs> you know in i'll be honest with you uh Super Troopers, when it came out, you know, that hadn't been that long ago, the first one. I was really mad because I was like, you know, they're making cops out like a bunch of idiots, you know, (laughs) just jack around the whole time. But then I started thinking, okay, hey, look, you know, we we do like to have fun. And and so, uh, but yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, I don't have a lot of time to watch TV anymore, but... Uh, most of those shows, uh, or at least cops and live TV, are not not on TV right now. So yeah, you know the <clears throat> you kind of talk about uh, some of them that bring a more lighthearted view. Brooklyn Nine Nine is kind of the one. Um, Grace's little sister Dylan uh, enjoys that quite a yeah. bit, and we do watch it from time to time. And it does do a good job, even though you kind of separate that. You know, some of the characters even from that job. But it does a really good job of reminding you still that kind of bringing that human aspect yeah. to it and reminding you that uh, same thing. Their workplace is a lot like ours. They've all got like a class clown looming. They've right. all got, you know, someone that's, uh, you know, real strict to the rules and someone that's brown nosing. And I mean, it's a very I mean, it's a workplace just yeah. like anywhere else. Exactly. Um, and I think it does a great job of humanizing. Um, and that's something I want to talk about too. And, and something I think you do so well, Steve, is uh, bringing that aspect to the Bridgeport PD. And I think one of the things that I see the most, and the way I, I get that the most, is through social media. I think you've done such a great job of utilizing Facebook. And I'm sure you, I'm not on Twitter very much, but I'm sure there's a great presence there as well. Uh, but when when did that start? When did you realize that social media was going to have to be a big part of how you the perception, I guess, of yeah. the Bridgeport PD? Well, you're exactly right. It's it's huge. Uh, and to be honest with you, that's a, the exact polar opposite of what we were taught uh, early on in our careers. Is uh, hey, you don't talk to the media; they don't need to know what you're doing. Uh, the community doesn't need need to know what you're doing. Um, basically you keep all your cards to yourself and, and you put up this wall as you don't want anybody in your circle. <clears throat> and obviously that's different now. Uh, so when I went to pl- uh, police chief school, when, when you become a police chief, you have two years to go to a new chief school and they basically scare you to death for an entire week. You're basically <laughs> going to get fired. Uh, you're going to get sued. You're going to get ran out of town what have you they they do that and then on the friday they say hey, okay good luck you know and so we all walk out of the room looking at each other going what did we just experience you know 
But anyway, I was in that school, and they had uh, someone come in and talk about uh, social media and uh, outreach in your community. And so uh, it's funny to watch the room in those conversations because, you know, as cops, we don't trust people anyway. And so you have somebody sitting there telling you, hey, you need to put your story out first before the media does, the actual uh, print media or the television media. Uh, and you need to also show uh, the inner workings of your agencies and how, what you're doing to, to perform outreach in your community. And the room is like you could hear a pin drop and if, because that's not the norm. Most of these guys are my age or older, yes, and typically I am the youngest one in the room when it comes to uh, police chiefs, or I was at one point. Uh, but anyway, and so that was a real focus for us. Is And, and so – the more I did it, uh, coming back out of that school, the more community uh, input that I, I received and feedback. And, uh, man, I, you know, it's been huge for us. And, and luckily I have Caleb Bellage and Holly Almos, and they do a, uh, they're do they creative also. And so they're, they do a great job of snapping that moment and putting it out there and, and let people know that we're, we're humans and, and uh, we're here to serve. So Yeah. I think it's so important because, and it kind of goes back to, we've had the same conversation with the, with the schools as Mm -hmm. well, but you get an opportunity to kind of help craft the message. Exactly. Not necessarily like, and again, don't take that as uh, control the message no, because that's not what you're doing. But a lot of times, especially you could see this with the police department, you could see this with a school district, you could see this with a city government, stuff like that. Uh, Sometimes on social media, especially, you only hear the bad things, right? You know, exactly. or the bad things kind of can take control of of the message. So, uh, being able to give some of that input is really good. And man, well, I, I just I, love what you do. With and it. I think too, and Grace, you can speak from this. At least my generation, our generation, mm-hmm. we're tired of the negative. We're tired of all this the nonsense constantly. Whatever we open up. Uh, whether it's turn on the TV or open up the newspaper or open up our phones, we see so much negative. I could sit here and tell every negative story that happens in Bridgeport, all the drug arrests, all the assaults, all the DWIs, the sexual abuse, uh, the uh, attempted murders or whatever. I could go in details about that on social media, which I think is important to do a little bit of that uh, because people forget that those things happen. But we're so tired of listening to the negative. We need some good stuff uh, to fill our minds and to see that there is good people still out there doing things. And we are so blessed to work here. Today we were fed Prontos. I think, honestly, in the last 10 days, I may have paid for my lunch twice. Either somebody's (laughs) bought my lunch or somebody's brought me lunch or brought us lunch, not just me. But uh, that speaks volume as a community. And I think it speaks volume of the support we have, too. Yeah, no doubt. So so when you guys were around my age, would you say it was in general more positive? Uh, as far as the, the message? Uh, the the message? No, I think it's absolutely negative. Uh, you, uh, we would never think, and, I, and I'm speaking from, from our agency standpoint, we would, uh, 20 years ago, we never put out any positive information as far as uh, community outreach or community uh, input or feedback or uh, anything like that. It was all crime related, and basically this is what's going on, 
and it's mm-hmm. very very guarded information. <clears throat> was the participation the same though? Like so, for instance, no. no, okay, no, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, almost everywhere you go in town, if you're volunteering to help with something or going to a school function or going to a just a community function, I feel like there's a, a member of your your staff or, or department there. And just and and that's kind of what I wondered was it yeah. were they still there but no. the message just wasn't kicked out no it wasn't it wasn't there was no focus or intentionality about uh, connecting with the community mm-hmm. you'll see it on our patch see it on our cars we have partnership everywhere you guys print it <laughs> for yeah. us all the time at Ink and Stitch and and so uh, it's huge and that's that's really what we uh, strive for so. You kind of answered one of my other questions was going to be around where do you fall? Would you feel like the average age of a police chief in the state of Texas? And you're saying you're below average by a good amount, you think? Well, I'm a below average in a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for basketball. Yeah. We'll get to that later. But yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm only kidding. Uh, yeah, at one point, you know, I was uh, 39 when I got promoted to chief, and uh, I thought I knew everything and quickly realized I didn't. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I, I think back then, yes. I think now it's a little more common, um, to, you know, at the age, uh, around the mid-40s, you know, early 40s, mid-40s. Yeah. But there what is, would you guess the average is in Texas? Man, that's a good question. Like mid-50s? Maybe? I would say probably in the – yeah, probably 50 or so. Okay. Most most of the officers, you know, they'll, they'll try to tap out around 55. So. Yeah. So you think about that and it being what you're 44, is that yes. right? 44. Yeah. So let's just say the average is 50, a six year difference. And you think about just what's happened in terms of things like social media and, and all those good yeah. ways that we communicate in the last six years and think about that divide that's there. Uh, there's been so many advancements in the last six years that I have to think. Um, and it's important. I would imagine too, like you talked about a couple of your staff that help with so much of that. Oh yeah, no doubt. And I think, you know, um, and I'm, I'm not saying that's the way it should work in every town, but I think that works for us. But I think it's important for everyone to have that, uh, that mindset that, Hey, we got to make a connection to the community because of times like what we're seeing right now across the nation. I think it's important that we have people know who we are and, and have that partnership in place before that happens. Yeah. No, I agree. So, um, and again, not that we're going to completely, we may circle back to some of this stuff as we go, uh, but we really appreciate you, Steve. We appreciate your department, everything you guys do. Um, and again, it, you know, you talk about what's going on across the world right now uh, or across our country. Um, it makes it that much more like I've had, I would say, you know, five five, ten times over the last couple of weeks, two or three weeks, where I've thought how lucky we are that we do have this police department where I feel like there's so many, you know, names that we can, uh, or faces that we can put a name to because yeah, they're exactly. out and about in the community <clears throat> and we know them and we know <clears throat> that they want to serve the community. And, uh, and it just feels, it, it feels really good to know that we've got your leadership and, and an outstanding department here in Bridgeport. So um, kind of jumping to, uh, let's, let's rewind the clock a little bit. So okay. you were class of 1995. Four. Four. I'm the same age as you. I was 1995 because I got held back in kindergarten. 
So you never got held back. Well, no, not in Chico. Not they in just Chico. push you through. They just push you through. I couldn't skip. At least back then. <laughs> Could you skip as a kindergartner, you think? Like skip? Like yeah, you on know, the like, playground skip? Yeah, like skipping. Oh, I don't yeah. know how to yeah. Yeah, define it. Okay. I couldn't skip. That was my problem. Okay. So, so my mom That's a legitimate back. reason to hold you back. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's always cooler, though, if they just said... We held him back so he could get bigger and be better at football. Oh, and no go doubt. to the NFL. Or That's extremely like that. important. Yeah, yeah. but they, that wasn't the case. <laughs> so, class of 1995. Four. Uh, 1994. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make you a little younger. That's all right. Um, first question Did you ever tight roll your jeans? Oh, yes, no doubt. What so, grades would that have been for you? Uh, that would probably have been like. Uh, Seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. Okay, so, middle school. so funny story. I, I, I spent a short time in California. And so I really believe this. I mean, I should have got a patent on this, but I brought back the parachute pants from California. <laughs> and my brother and I, Scott, um, I, I believe we were probably the only people that wore Levi's in Chico. You know, Wranglers or Rustlers was, was the big jeans back then. So, uh, we break. We we did a lot of break dancing, yes. and uh, even the bandanas on our uh, pants and our wrist and all that good stuff. And so you had some cardboard we could break dance and and nice. we could wear some parachute <laughs> pants. This so. is so exciting. Are there any uh, photos out there? I mean, I'm it's sure. Probably greedy to ask for video. Yeah. Oh yeah. Since yeah. It was the 80s. Yeah. No doubt. There's no video. I'm sure because uh, no no one had the big VCR recorder. Exactly. Yes. So. There should be uh, there should be some uh, pictures actually. I think actually I have a picture I could send you. Oh my god! Because it that wasn't would too be long. <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't too long ago we were actually talking about this and we ran across some pictures. But uh, yeah, so I rolled the jeans. Heck yeah, I also rolled the sleeves. What was just quick follow up then on that? So is the parachute pants maybe the answer to this? What's the uh, craziest? style or fashion statement type thing that you remember from your youth whether you took part in it or not oh <laughs> the rat tail <laughs> mm, that's a really good one grace you know what a rat tail is no so your uncle rick my brother had a rat tail steve did you have a rat tail i feel like you oh, told i had me like before. a six inch rat oh tail. my goodness <laughs> all right so imagine steve's got his haircut probably similar like to this. how it is now yeah but going right out the center back, and oftentimes that it was um, per, per, did, you, did we use peroxide? What did y'all use to dye it? Peroxide? It was like just the strand of hair that was six inches longer it's, than the rest of the hair yes. on his head. Peroxide and lemon juice. Yeah, peroxide and lemon juice. And uh, it looked really, really good if it kind of curled a little bit. Oh, yeah. Did yours curl? Oh, yeah. Man, that's awesome. Oh, my God. I think that should probably be a long-term bet at some point. I would like to have oh. a bet where, you know, I don't know who. Maybe you have to have a rat tail if, if you lose. I think a good senior prank, all the boys seniors this year needs a rat tail. They can grow their hair or out. Or like Doug McCullough. Oh, oh yeah. To grow a rat tail. Yeah. Well, he would look good with a good bleached rat tail, <laughs> yeah. too. Right? <laughs> He's got real dark hair. Yeah. Be a nice uh, contrast there for sure. So the rat tail. All right. One other fashion question now. I know Grace has got something here, but um, do you remember? Did you ever wear your clothes backwards? No, was, I never did. That was my question. Oh, it was? Because I was going to talk about how we talked with Alan and Christy about 
like Bridgeport, and if they ever did that, and they said no, but you said in Bryan, everyone was everyone doing it. Everyone did it. There was probably a two month period where really? Cross got so big yeah. that everyone in school had something on backwards at all times, and and the the most common thing would have been like a jersey of some type. Yeah, yeah, or overalls. We wore overalls backwards, and imagine yeah. having to deal throughout the day with your overalls on backwards. <laughs> it's like you had to go yeah. to the bathroom and ask someone to help yeah. you out, unhook me back there. Very That's awkward. awkward. That's terrible. Very awkward. Now I wore, I wore the overalls with the one snap. Yeah, you know the one oh, hanging yeah. off. So yeah. I mean that was common. But in your mind, who made that popular? Oh, was it? Uh, oh, what's it, Saved by the Bell guy? Did he do it like that? He did. He did that. Uh, that's the first person that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, Recently, I don't know. Uh, Brian stopped me, and he was listening to the podcast <laughs> we were talking about this on. He was thinking it was Vanilla Ice. Oh, Kinda yeah. blew that up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, he's probably right. Yeah, yeah, could be. That and the bleached hair. Yes. Yeah. The rat tail. I think the rat tail <laughs> trumps the the uh, you know crisscross clothes for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you a, a funny story. I, I came home and, and – uh, my brother and I decided we're going to pierce our ear, right? So we're going to get the ice and freeze the ear and then get the orange behind you, the ear, and pierce your own ear. <laughs> Mine, mine's still there if you can see it barely. And, it's, <laughs> and I have a freckle there, too, so it really makes it awkward looking. It doesn't look uh, centered in my ear. Yeah. Uh, but it's grown up now, obviously. But uh, I walked in with the, with the earring, and uh, I, was, I learned real quick. I did not get the approval from my grandfather, <laughs> as he told me I needed to remove it real fast. So I never, I never wore another one. But uh, did yeah. he help you remove it? No, no. I think he would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. So was the earring and rat tail at the same time? No doubt. Yeah. That just sounds like a, <laughs> you know, looking Van Halen cover. Yeah. Oh like yeah. That. No doubt. Looking back, I wonder why he approved the rat tail but not the earring. I don't know. But I don't know. I'm not sure. Because both of them were a bad too. look. My, my brother had both. I don't know if they overlapped, but I feel like probably closer to like his upper high school years, I remember. And yeah. he had dark brown hair, so it was a big contrast. Yeah. And it was the same thing. It was probably six inches or so long and just bleach blonde. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a terrible look. Yeah. I feel like I can hear my mom say, why are you doing this? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, so, how easy was it to bleach your hair? You just did it? No, you had to have somebody do it. Yeah, so it, was it, that Scott's role, your brother? No, no. it was probably my sister. My okay. sister did it a few times and wrapped my, you know, you wrap it up in cellophane, let it, I guess, melt or fry the hair. I don't yes. know. <laughs> it always came out looking a lot thinner. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it does look oh, burnt yeah. almost, you yeah. know. It's not you probably damaged it a lot. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't healthy to say the least. <laughs> hmm. All right. So, what was uh, what's your favorite musical artist or uh, group or whatever from those years? Oh, who influenced this rat tail? Oh, I don't have a clue, really, to be honest with you about who influenced. It. I think it was just a everybody a, was doing a lapse of oxygen into the brain <laughs> or something. Uh, no, I, you know. Man, this is embarrassing to admit, but I I loved rap music back then. Yeah, um, and <laughs> oh shoot, uh, any kind of uh, rap music that was uh, frowned upon, yeah. <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> and full of a bunch of cuss words. Sure, 
uh, that was my game. Uh, and I don't know why. I mean, I, I have no clue. But uh, I would say uh, rap music would be like, you know, NWA, Ice Cube, Ice T, uh, LL Cool J, KRS One. I mean, I could go on and on. But all of those guys were, were huge. Uh, and I think mainly because of the time we spent in California. Uh, as you know, the West Coast kind of gets everything before us. Not sure. so much anymore, but at least back then. Uh, social media and everything, people communicate the fashion a lot but you know, quicker. Yeah. But, yeah. So back then, but, you know, I love all music. I, uh, I don't listen to rap music that often anymore unless I'm working out. But uh, it's scaled down a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I like all music, man. I just, you know, rock, rock and roll, uh, country, Christian, it don't matter. I listen to it. So so I think the the rap thing, and I was the same way for yeah. sure, and um, had the, the one I can really remember having to hide was Two Live Crew. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. they had an album. Um, cassette tape. Right? Yeah, cassette tape <laughs> that I had to hide. And I remember I put the tape into like a George Strait sleeve you know there the, you the, the yeah. uh, case or whatever but you know i kind of think too along the lines of at that age there's a attraction to that almost like it's the forbidden oh yeah fruit you yeah. know and yeah. i have to think i mean years and years before and probably i guess maybe before our parents are around their you know age or whatever elvis was kind of that same thing right coming off of i can't remember who the guy my parents would always compare elvis to like when you were growing <laughs> up you were either an Elvis person or this straight-laced guy that didn't shake his hips when he danced or right, whatever. Right. But I think there's some aspect to it for that, you know, at least to explain some of the the ones like that that where they weren't even quite as talented, but just the fact that they somehow fit 1,293 cuss words into one 35-minute yes. cassette. Yeah. It was like, hey, that's priceless. I think we're kind of seeking rebellion there, you know? No doubt. And uh, trying to find ourselves, but yeah. What about current music? Current music? Yes. Thinking of something that's come out in the last two or three years. Oh, man. For the sake of... Well, that's a great question. Okay, so Josh Withers. Have y'all ever heard him? Never heard of Mm -hmm. Josh Withers. Oh, you got to look him up. Fantastic. Come on. Kind of bluesy, R&B, country mix. Just saw him last weekend up in in St. Joe. Uh, He's phenomenal. And uh, you got to check him out. And he's from Burleson, Texas. And uh, I won't go into all the craziness, but he actually was the guy that sung at, at Trump's inauguration. Okay. And because of some other people that canceled, i.e. the Beach Boys. Yeah. And so he he actually was going to be like the opener, but he ended up being the headliner. Oh, wow. But a big uh, jump. Yeah, so yeah. look up Josh Withers, and uh, I will always always love you, you know, Whitney Houston song. Yeah, he covers it. Unbelievable. But he has his, you know, he writes his own music as well. But does he uh, also imagine Kevin Costner saving his life as he sings it, just like he did? <laughs> <laughs> he does close his eyes. Does, he's very well, Mike. <laughs> so, uh, no, so I would say uh, more of a kind of a bluesy rap, uh, rap bluesy R and B, or um, you know, I, I I like you know a lot of country music, especially when I'm working outside. Yeah, you know. But uh, you mentioned when you're working out, you still listen to to rap. Obviously, a little bit more up tempo type stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or or some hard rock or something like that. You know. 
So we've been doing uh, album album reviews okay. every two or three episodes, uh, and it's something from my generation versus hers. So okay. one of them, not too long ago, uh, I, I believe two of those ago, was I gave her Van Halen's 1984, which had Panama, Jump, mm-hmm. Hot for Teacher, all this uh, great stuff from Van Halen in their uh, David Lee mm-hmm. Roth stage. And she gave me NF. Have you ever heard of NF? Uh, I have not. Absolutely not. NF, so, so he's a current rapper. Okay. Modern rapper. Um, and it is, so if you're looking for something for the gym that is language safe, he doesn't cuss. Okay. But, like, so <laughs> to me, that's an immediate strike. <laughs> you know, uh, that's kind of an immediate well, strike. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, all right, I'm going to listen to it. She gave it to me. I just fell in love with this guy. Really? Yeah. I think okay. you should check it out. I think right. you'd like it. Awesome. What were you going to say, Grace? I, I mean, I don't think he loses anything from not cussing. Like, I compared him to um, some Eminem I listened to, and I think that this like there's still the same intensity level. I don't know. What what do you mean when you say it's an automatic strike? Well, <laughs> I think I just immediately bucketed him into, and this is going to sound really bad, uh, but I, I tend to think uh, that sometimes when artists get bucketed into KLTY territory, which yeah. that's kind of the other thing I'd got, gotten just from reading about him on, on Wikipedia, I guess, was generally like the quality's not as good. Right. It's, and again, that sounds horrible, <clears throat> and I apologize to all the KLTY <laughs> artists. But, um, I mean, he, he's very comparable, I think, in terms of style and, 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 and flow to Eminem and the message is really good. Yeah. I mean, but it's not necessarily, it's like real life stuff and stuff he deals with and does like the, the album she, she brought forth is really all about kind of mental health and, and kind of tackle some, some tough subjects cool. that I think, you know, kids yeah. probably have a harder time dealing with sometimes. And, uh, but I don't know, give it a listen, especially in the gym. I will. I mix it in every once in a while at, uh, at our gym, Onto the playlist, and I told her while we were doing the review, I had someone come up and they said, "You know what Eminem song was that?" Because even his it really cadence, sounds like it. Cadence okay. sounds like it uh, very often. If you've heard Angry Eminem, yeah, oh yeah. Song, like he sounds like Angry. That's Eminem usually on weightlifting day. Yes, there you go. So. <laughs> Not just on jogging day. No, yeah, I don't. I don't do a whole lot of jogging anymore. But oh, so what else? What's your um, Give us some of your, I guess, what's your favorite memories from your high school days? Oh, yeah, it's basketball, no doubt. Okay, so athlete, yeah. athletics was a big part of it. <clears throat> yeah, and, you know, in Chico, my sophomore year, uh, and, I, <laughs> you know, telling stories now, I think we, we tell our stories we're a lot better now than we really were, you know, but I wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> but he was really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if we want to be honest. <laughs> No, not at all. But uh, I had a couple of guys on my team that were much, much better uh, uh, players and, and more talented than I was. But uh, my sophomore year, you know, that was back in the day when you only had two people go to the playoffs or two teams go to the playoffs. And uh, we had beat uh, Nocona up in Bowie and, um, to go to the playoffs. First time in 61 years that Chico went to the playoffs in basketball. It, and uh, I think there was like 22 people in the stands the next game. <laughs> but uh, anyway, 
no, it was fun. it was a great memory, and uh, <clears throat> I, I my basketball coach is a good friend of mine, and um, in my in our senior year, uh, we basically uh, our ju- our junior and senior year went undefeated in district, and uh, then we went pretty deep in the playoffs my senior year, and had a great time. Um, and you know, I think if we were healthy going into the playoffs, I think we would have really done something special. But we ended up getting beat by uh, – we dropped back to 1A my senior year and I uh, got beat by the eventual champions, Lipan. So that's nice. that's okay, though. That's awesome. But, so we have done a bit of a basketball um, of course. episode on yeah. this. You had the Godfather on. Well, that wasn't even it. Oh, we never okay. even talked basketball, did we, with Alan? Okay. Uh, we should do another one, sports. Yeah, we will. Uh, we've talked about that as having coaches join us for, yeah. for these. Um, but we did – so Grace and I together watched all ten episodes of The Last Dance. Oh, yeah. And then we did, did you a cry? little bit of a, de- a debrief on that. I never cried. Did oh, you I cry? cried. When oh, did mul- you cry? Multiple did times. Did you cry when Michael cried? I Well, almost. <laughs> almost? Man. Man, it was just so – so good watching those old games yes. because you know it was nowadays you can turn your TV on and you can get games from all over. I mean, pre-COVID, obviously, but you can get games wherever. But you know, you had to pinpoint that Sunday afternoon to watch the NBA. You know, and Saturday was college basketball. Yeah, and so growing up, uh, my dad was a, a basketball star here at Bridgeport. Went and played in college, and so it was ingrained in me early. But uh, Man, just why I was a big Bulls fan. My dad was a Celtics fan. I couldn't really stand the Celtics. Oh, oh no! <laughs> and uh, and so uh, the the Larry the Larry Magic fight, you know, competition and battles, whatever. And then you had Michael coming in and just reliving all of that. Oh yeah, I was sports cry like four or five times. Yeah. And my wife like just looked at me and went to bed. What was and your so. What was your takeaway? From that, I mean, do you feel like do, do you feel like you learned something new? From yeah, you know, I you didn't have the you had ESPN back then, but you didn't have social media, and so you didn't know all the inside. I forgot all about the stuff with with Jerry Krause, yeah, yeah, and all the too. bickering back and forth with uh, Scottie Pippen and all that. I had completely forgot all that, and so it was really interesting. The other other interesting part was. Uh, the Dennis Rodman kind of how he had his own rules, yes, yeah. you know, versus everybody else. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think Michael ran that show, and uh, rightfully so, man. He's by far, absolutely, hundred percent the best basketball player to ever play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so. do you think? Um, I, you know, one the fascinating person in this to me, and you know, Rodman's had his own thirty for thirty. I yeah, that was great. That was yes. great. Obviously, Michael gets a whole 10 part, and within that, you get another part Rodman, you get a part Pippen, and we kind of had a part Phil, yeah. but I think Phil like deserves a lot more. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. love, I love, I didn't know a lot about his backstory, um, and I believe, didn't he coach down in Mexico or something? He did. For a couple of years yeah. before he came. Yeah. Um, and even then, he went somewhere else before, he like went to North Dakota or something, didn't he? Before he, he did, went to yeah, or something. Yeah, but, it, that was kind of a crazy hire because it was just out of the blue. Yeah, it really and was. So, but uh, and it was kind of one of those few things on the whole deal where I thought, okay, well, they just gave us a little bit of at least a glimpse of either the genius or pure luck of Jerry Krause. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because otherwise. Uh, Krause is just seen as like the ultimate villain. Oh, thing. no doubt. I mean, I almost felt sorry for him 
a few times because I was like, I wish he was around just yeah. to at least kind of talk to this or defend it or whatever. Because no one in that thing was taking his side. No, he was beat up pretty hard yeah. and made fun of. And, and <laughs> the other side, other thing is is seeing Michael's kind of comical side. You know, the 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 class clown side in mm-hmm. some of those practices. We all knew how competitive he was, and heard the stories of, of the the fights and then the uh, the Olympic practice when they were on the USA team, and uh, we heard about those things. But we we didn't hear the jokes and stuff that he did, and so that was pretty cool to see. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, and compare that to now, you know, that guy all he cared about was winning. Yeah, and he won at all costs. And to to watch some some of the athletes nowadays, uh, you know, he didn't promote himself where where he could have easily done it and, yes. and made a lot more money. So. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's tough. I mean, you know, when, when you talk about just on, on the floor, it's hard to argue. But it, it's also like, to me, it's like such a, all that's evolved so much. You yeah. know, like, the, the, like, I don't think that there was as big a responsibility on athletes. And Jordan may have been the beginning of this, kind of that bigger role model. And even then, we didn't see everything. No. Now we see everything. everything. You know, yeah. I mean, if... if uh, if Luca wants to go have a drink, which he's of legal age to do as of just recently, probably. Right. Still, maybe that's a bad, maybe that's a bad example. But all right, Kristaps wants to go have a drink yeah. in a bar. That's going to show up everywhere all oh, of a yeah. sudden. You know, people yeah. are going to see it, take his. I mean, and not to say Michael didn't have that some, but one of the stories that really stood out to me was in, when, when they went to Atlantic City in the middle of the Knicks yes, series. And he yes. caught so much grief for that. Yeah. Imagine if that happened now. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it would have it would have been burning down the night they saw him there, you yeah. know, in terms of uh what's this guy doing. And not to say it's any easier because I mean obviously that came with kind of what we were just talking about with the police department. Michael didn't also have the opportunity to craft his image a little bit right. more and dictate what exactly. people saw. Yeah. Uh as as do today's athletes <clears throat> and they, and several of them take full advantage of that kind of, as you said by Getting to say, look what I'm doing, look right. what I'm doing, right. you know, and stuff like that. But it's kind of a double-edged deal. But, yeah, we really enjoyed it. It was uh, – I can't believe you didn't sports cry. dropping moments. Not, I'm, know, I'm, I'm disappointed, to actually. When, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of when I would have sports Not cried. even just like a little tear? No, but I will say this, and I told Grace the same thing. So, growing up um, – my early NBA was the Lakers. Yeah. And a lot of that came from the Lakers Celtics. Oh, yeah. And it kind of felt like no matter where you resided in the United States, when that was going down the early to mid-80s, you were one or the other. Oh, yeah. You, know, you could still be yeah. a Mavericks fan, but you were basically Magic or Bird. Yes. You know what I mean? And uh, and I, won- I was a Lakers fan, and I carried that through pretty much. And then when Michael beat up on Magic – uh, in what was, I believe, Michael's first yeah. championship. Yeah. Um, it kind of put a, a, a bad taste in my mouth. I, I only, hear you. Only from the standpoint of Michael, to me, was always the favorite, and I kind of had an underdog yeah. thing. And I just never really rooted too hard for him. But tons of respect always, even at that time, and even more so now. I, I really enjoyed watching that. But there were moments in this where I was just like pumping my fist, like, yeah, he did it. You know, I mean, I was kind of rooting for him for the first time in my life because of the way this, the way they did that, as ESPN and 30 for 30s tend to do. Yeah, and I think, you know, 
there's there if there's such thing as a man crush that would be my man crush him and Denzel Washington both but you know Michael Jordan this is this is swagger I mean whatever yeah. he did you know uh, he did it. He did it with swag. Just so much confidence. Oh, unbelievable! So much confidence. And uh, you know, <laughs> and so you know, uh, it was great. I, I I look forward to Kobe's. Hopefully, they'll do him one day. And I think you're right. I think Phil needs at least a thirty for thirty or something. Yeah. yeah. And so. probably, it, and it could be a little longer than the normal one, probably. Yeah. But yeah. the. Um, yeah, and so I think what you're going to see set in motion also from this kind of wrap up the Jordan thing is, uh, and I think we've already heard this with somebody that they've already kind of got a crew. For, oh, uh, who did it? Dwayne Wade did it. His yeah. final season, I believe, is right. all on. They got all access behind the scenes kind of yeah. deal, you know. And I believe some of that may have been <clears throat> triggered from always hearing that there was all this tape from the Last Dance from that final season that Jordan kind of had his thumb on, you know, yeah. and, and it required his okay, as it should, to uh, to move forward with. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to that same thing like we were talking about. They get to kind of craft that message. Uh, oh, yeah. Especially towards the end. No doubt. Interesting. Well, Steve, we really do appreciate your time. We know you're a very busy man. We're sorry to hear that there was, uh, you know, the one thing I thought, at least it was just an attempted murder. Yeah. Last night. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that uh, I'm sure that made for a long night. But thanks anyways for jumping on with us. Grace, did you have any final thoughts? Um, questions? No. Any more questions? No, no more questions. Just thank you mm-hmm. to you and the whole department. And thank you in particular for joining us for this podcast. Oh, really you bet. Good. You bet. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And uh, I'm always down to talk about uh, – the guys and ladies that uh, do such a fantastic job at the police department. You know, we have 25 employees there and uh, counting our civilian staff and uh, they, they do a phenomenal job. And, and of course I'm always down to talk about basketball. All right. Well, and here's what we proposed. (laughs) We were talking about this right when we, it kind of dawned on me like just five minutes before you got here. What a nice little setup y'all have for, the the media that the department does there in in uh next year office so we were thinking next time we're coming to you yeah, perfect. we'll do it there awesome. and uh and we'll have some some more fun and uh we can kind of talk about the police department as well as as uh throw it back into the 80s 90s maybe maybe by then i could grow a rat tail and <laughs> that's that exactly be, what i was thinking exactly yeah, yeah. We'll see. And wear my overalls backwards. I'll just have mm-hmm. all of it at once. Yes. Maybe we can wear our uniforms backwards. <laughs> yes, for one day. <laughs> that would be day. great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Steve, again, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. And uh, we want to remind everyone you can reach out to us. Drop us a line at gendividepodcast at gmail.com. And follow our Instagram at gendividepodcast and like our Facebook page. So as, uh, as always, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.